Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show where we talk about everything mountain bikes from trail guides to equipment and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray as always and I'm joined by Tom Bell. How you doing Tom? Hey Colin, good to speak to you. How's things? Very well, very well thanks. It's actually quite warm in Dundee today for a change. Seems to be warming nice. up from winter. It's already getting a bit warm. Yeah, our uh, our drafty jute mill of an office is uh, not quite so uh, so Baltic anymore. I'm not violently shivering anymore. Ah, oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's warm. It's nice and warm here. Actually, um, was out for a ride yesterday with with no gloves on, which oh, really? is quite quite a treat. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to get away with that up to your uh, anytime soon. But yeah, <laughs> still tights and uh, thermals and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, the weather's definitely picking up. So we can. We talked about motivation last time, didn't we? That'll help motivate us a wee bit more to get out there. <laughs> definitely, definitely helps. Yeah. Talking of which, uh, on this episode, on the last few episodes, on the next couple of episodes, we're kind of just updating on what we're up to at the moment, aren't we? Including uh, your training, how you're progressing in terms of moving towards the uh, the race season. Uh, talking exactly. about a few different things, including that and kit, what I'm working on as well. So um, let's start off with uh, with your progress report. What have you been up to? Where have uh, heard you've been away somewhere exotic? Is that right? Indeed, yeah. I've just got back from uh, two weeks in Gran Canaria, so uh, just went out there to. I mean, it was it, it was a holiday in in the sense that I went with my girlfriend and her family, but um for for me in terms of the training as well i was i was out there every day um d- doing some doing some warm weather training just trying to prepare for the season really Excellent. um mostly on the road bike unfortunately i didn't have the space to to take the mountain bike this time but okay um there's definitely definitely plenty of mountain biking there from what i could <laughs> see um as i cruised past on the tarmac yeah yeah so it it wasn't a specific training trip it was just something you took advantage of while you were there I mean, I, I kind of, I, I think it probably was a, it was a dedicated train trip, but I, I managed to integrate that with, with a kind of holiday as well, right. because my, yeah. my girlfriend, my girlfriend's a runner, so she did a lot of running and yeah. kind of used it as a running training camp for her as well. So, okay. and then, and then the sort of times before and after training, we could just do, do more holiday related things and we could both, both work remotely as well. So we kind of a bit of everything really yeah yeah so how do you i'm interested because I've, I've got a few friends that go away in these camps to places like uh grand canaria tenerife majorca whatever yeah what i mean you get these what you get these you can book dedicated can't you, you can go along to mm-hmm. a camp and actually they give you programs and there's big groups of people doing this and how do you go about planning a trip like that like do you just go out there with an aim to achieve certain miles every day or do you go out with like an actual plan of here's the exact route i'm going to do how do you go about it yeah so i uh be being fairly being pretty serious i've got uh, sort of weekly plans all, all the time whether mm-hmm. i'm sort of back home or away so yeah. i just kind of plan it uh, in the same way as i always do but just because the weather's that much nicer and the uh the, the opportunities there i just um take it more of a, as a training camp in terms of just doing more hours and actually putting um, quite a lot of training down that's more than I would do at home. So mm-hmm. I definitely spent a bit of time before I went out there planning some routes on uh, on some route planning software online and dropping those maps into the Garmin. Yeah, and then yeah. I had, um, I use a, a program called Training Peaks where I plan all oh, my yeah. training out. So I had uh, each day's sort of workouts and rides planned but um mm. they were definitely on the on the longer side just trying to maximize that um 
that kind of opportunity to get out there for for more more hours at a time yeah was it because Grand Canaria is pretty I mean so the benefit of some of these islands is that they have good weather but they're also really mountainous aren't they got some good climbs out there so was that a big part of it it was yeah so I could uh, exactly it's taken advantage of those um those longer climbs and uh abilities to do sort of measured efforts over you know 20 30 minutes as opposed to the uk where you tend to the, the climbs that tend to be sort of 10 15 minutes right uh, uh you know maximum so yeah. yeah that's definitely i just got in lots of climbing and lots of elevation and yeah. um and that kind of thing is that so how does that translate to your mountain biking is that simply endurance that's just strength in the legs uh strength of the, <laughs> strength of the heart the lungs that type of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah, that's it. It's just working on that general fitness, and now yeah. what I'm doing. What now that I'm back home and um, about to start my season in just over just over a week is mm-hmm. um, just taking that general fitness that I've built up and just tra- making sure it transfers to racing off road on the mountain bikes because it's it's quite different in terms of you're on the road and there's not that much sort of torque. It's not the same kind of torque levels going through the cranks as as you are on a on a mountain bike, and yeah. there's definitely subtle subtleties that uh that need to be kind of translated from the road to the mountain bike yeah 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 would you recommend grand canaria for it then was it pretty good it's it's great in terms yeah. of i think as a winter training destination like i said i, I didn't have chance to bring the mountain bike but mm-hmm. i know that it's a great place to take a mountain bike um but for for road or mountain bike it's it's fantastic there's endless endless roads to explore there's not that much traffic and yeah. it's one of the islands that has a very very stable climate so yeah the, yeah the weather doesn't get too hot or too cold sort of year round so it's uh it's a great great winter retreat for uh for any of us <laughs> in the uk or in, in the colder countries at this time of year yeah do you know if they have is it waymarked mountain biking trails or is it just nice off-road stuff just around the island i think i think they are waymarked um i think uh I, I might be wrong but i think they're one of the countries that kind of share the walking trails with the mountain yeah, okay. bike trails yeah. and um so uh, one way that i've found to uh to find as a, as a good way to find different routes is just to use strava mm-hmm. and find the and use the explore feature to search for um people that have done uh, activities before in different parts of the island and uh, you can filter that by you know mountain bike or road so um and then you can download the sort of gpx file and add that to a garmin if you have one and yeah, then you've yeah. got kind of a, a, a trail there that you know is going to be uh or, or that someone enjoyed in the past yeah excellent you, where else have you been then for these types of camps because i know you've been away to a few different places since i've known you yeah i've been to i've been to grand i've been to grand canary in the past as well as mallorca <laughs> um uh, i'm trying to think if i've been i mean i've i race quite a lot throughout the year in different parts of the the yeah, world yeah. but um i think mallorca is the only kind of other main one that oh, i've okay. uh, that i've yeah. been to um for a, for a kind of winter training camp but it's actually been snowing there in the winter this this year which uh it, i mean gran canary just sort of doesn't really get that yeah um, and like i say it's just more of a, more of a stable climate so you just got more reliable a more reliable sort of weather year round yeah yeah i've i've been to mallorca a couple of times just not for riding but just it's amazing the amount of bikes on the road out there i yeah. think i was yeah. in may last time and uh, there's so many around uh, and we took a trip up the mountain actually hired a jeep 
<clears throat> took a trip up the mountain and there was so many people up at the top of the mountain <clears throat> um, obviously it's one of the popular routes that people take just to uh, <laughs> get a bit of training and amazing views from up there as well obviously yeah great yeah exactly so yeah that's cool um, Is there? do you know of anywhere else like are there any other popular destinations for that type of trip I think I think quite a lot of the uh, Canary Islands are good. So mm-hmm. I know there's um, a, quite a few people go to Lanzarote. Um, I think there's some some good trails there. <clears throat> um, Fuerteventura is another one of those islands that's uh, got some good road riding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and quite a lot of the pro mountain bikers go all the way to South Africa, oh, so really? to a place called Stellenbosch. Okay. Um, and there's the there's the Yonkersherik National Park there, um, where a lot of the a lot of the pro mountain bikers hang out. And um, and a lot of triathletes as well go. Um, so I think that's a that's another good one. That's very hot though over there. It's really? you know approached sort of thirty five, thirty six degrees. Whereas yeah, yeah. in Grand Canaria this time it was it was more towards twenty, twenty three, twenty four. So right. a bit more comfortable <laughs> yes. for us. <laughs> it's nice, but not uh, boiling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. Aye. Have you the one? So say the one you went to in Mallorca was that mostly road training as well, or with some mountain bike trails? It, it was again there's, there's there are some mountain bike trails and i know people that go for that i i tend to just take the the road bike for this kind of thing i can uh i find that's where i kind of build most of my fitness is on the road it's just a more consistent platform and then i can i've got a decent network of trails sort of near near home um so i can transfer that that sort of general fitness that i've built yeah. up onto the mountain bike but i do want to take the mountain bike over there at, at some point in the future for sure yeah. no it makes sense yeah i mean the, the advantage of going out there is the the long days the weather all that kind of stuff so you can get the proper big long endurance rides in so might as well get in the road for the steady effort and then you've got no so. shortage of trails when you get home anyway so that's it yeah, mountain bike is much more fun in the cold anyway <laughs> exactly that's not true but I like to pretend that because I live in Scotland yeah you tell myself that <laughs> that's cool okay I was getting interested to hear I need to there's there's two of our friends um, sort of family friends that go out to Grand Canaria I think they go out to Tenerife quite often for this and they mm-hmm. always love it so yeah Tenerife's another one I should have mentioned yeah yeah so I need to go out and do that sometime okay let's move on to a kit update i think you've been trying out a new bit of kit as well haven't you what you've been uh, what you've been testing yeah so one of my one of my new sponsors for the season is a swiss company called yep components mm-hmm. I, I think i mentioned them on a on a, a, a previous podcast and um they have a, a dropper post that can sort of uh, transition from sort of enduro stuff right to sort of world cup cross country so um, I've just been just been fitting that really, and um, mm-hmm. just getting ten, getting to grips with using a um, using a dropper post for kind of the first time. Uh, it's one of the trends that have that have kind of come up in cross country racing as the kind of um, trails get more technical and and steep. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. There seems to be in the cross country, you know, racing side of things, a little less focus on pure lightweightness as there was in the past, and more towards um, lightweight combined with functionality and um, and ruggedness, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So realizing that actually, yeah, being able to get back over your seat is worth a few lost seconds uh, in terms exactly. of the weight because yeah, you can navigate uh, stuff a bit more quickly. 
Yeah, that's it. It's the I think with the courses getting more and more tricky, more and more technical with with jumps and steep stuff, it's there's more time to be saved actually having a better position on the bike and more time, yeah. you know, but get getting more speed going downhill as opposed to um just saving a few grams for the uphill. So <laughs> Yeah. I know I've really fancied a dropper post for a while actually, and I looked into it over uh, Christmas time, but um, it turned out they don't fit my bike, <laughs> so I've got my my old Cove Hummer titanium frame. Oh uh, yeah! So it's it's a really weird. I think it's thirty mil exactly when the normal one's thirty point eight mil. Uh, in fact, I don't know if there was even a dropper for that size, but yeah, it's just a really weird seat post size, so I can't get one. There's apparently you can get shims, but suppose so if it, if it was a normal seat post, the shim yeah. tends to do okay supposedly. But I've read a few reports that shims plus moving dropper post uh, generally doesn't uh, end up well <laughs> right right yeah i think the thing the issue as well um with the dropper post is that because they've got so much going on in there they need to be a kind of certain diameter to, to house all that right. so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of frames that are kind of 28 28 mil um or 28.2 mil seat posts and i, I don't think there's that many uh dropper yeah. posts on the market that can kind of go that thin yeah 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 no it makes sense they need to have a lot of stuff in it they, i mean it it kind of it almost baffles me that they can make it sturdy enough actually in even if it was the, the thickest seat post you can get because you're putting so much pressure on that thing when you land on it sometimes um for it to be able to come up and down smoothly to be able to react yeah. to be robust and last a few years but still take that yeah. punishment's mental to me but yeah they built yeah exactly I, I think i think that's been one of the issues that that sort of dropper post manufacturers have come across i know there's been yeah. quite a lot of negative reports around some of Aye. the the rock shocks ones and that kind of thing for that yeah. very reason and uh one thing i know yep components have worked hard on is making sure that the the bit that's that that drops um so that the travel the kind of uh upper part of the seat post <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't sort of move around too much and yeah. flex side to side because as you said there's a lot of there's a lot of strain going on there so yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the I, there's a lot of bad ones, isn't there? It seems like it's one of those things that seems it's hard for them to get right. Um, yeah, like the uh, Crank Brothers. There's a new Crank Brothers one out. I think the original apparently got a complete. It got a, a pound in from the media because it was yeah, just really so. bad, which surprises me because I always think a Crank Brothers stuff has been really high quality. So if they got one wrong, then that makes me think that it's it is a hard thing to do. But supposedly Difficult. the new one's yeah, a lot different. better actually. But yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, but interested to hear how you find this um, this new one that you've got because I've not come across that component maker before. So. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah, the um, Nino Schurter, the world sort of world champion, world cross country champion, used um, used the seat post in the Swiss Epic, which mm-hmm. is kind of a multi day marathon stage race in Switzerland. Yeah. And um, I know the BMC team are using them as well now. So yeah. um, I think I think people will start to see the the company a little bit more. But it's it is a small company, um, and they just focus on the dropper post as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, interesting brand. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. That's the kind of thing it's made for, isn't it? Like a, a six-hour epic or something where you're up and down and up and down and you just, you'd be getting on and off your bike all the time otherwise, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, okay. Uh, quick update on something I wanted to report on. I was um, I was away on a trip over, in fact, it was Christmas now, so it's a while back, but I just thought it was worthwhile talking about. I went down to um, Glentress over Christmas, met a friend there that I used to go biking with a lot. Um, have you been, you've been to Glentress, haven't you, Tom? 
I have, yeah, a number have, of yeah. times. Not yeah. not for a while, unfortunately, but um, yeah. I have, yeah, I love it there. Well, funnily enough, that was the first time I'd been in blooming ages, and I I don't live that far away. Like it's about an hour forty five from where I am to Glentress, mm-hmm. but it used to be about forty minutes because I used to live in the centre of Edinburgh. So I was spoiled at the time. I feel that always you could just go down really easily, and I, I sometimes. Um, these days lament the fact that I'm I'm this far away and I wish like I, I sometimes think it'd be amazing to live back down that way because I could go to Glentress all the time and it almost I use it I think I use it as an excuse sometimes not to get out <laughs> we were talking about motivation the last time around yeah. I think on uh, the days I'm lacking motivation I use it as an excuse sometimes not to go out on my mountain bike um, these days because the trails around where I am are just not really a patch on Glentress um, or so I thought. See, this is the thing, though. I went to, so I went down over Christmas, uh, and took that ride, and we went round the uh, the full red trail uh, and a bit of the blue as well. So I spent about three hours there, I think, and it was as good as it always was. But it, do you know what? It reminded me though that it, it's not like I'd, I've got this rose tinted. Uh, view in my head of how amazing it is, how much better it yes. is than any other trail. But it's just, it's got its rubbish parts and its decent parts, the same as anywhere else. And actually, there's there's a lot of parts where you know I remember it being so smooth and fast, and that's the bit I miss because the trails I've got around where I live just now are are quite natural. So they're rooty, they're ups and downs, but there's no jumps, no big berms, that kind of stuff. And that's what I feel like I miss from Glen, from Glentress because it's a bit more. Uh, man-made but yeah. going on it and it, like a lot of the jumps a lot of the drops all that kind of stuff they're just they're they're good fun but they're not as amazing as i had built up in my head because it was such a big thing because i've been away from so long so it was one of those things where i had a great day and i'll definitely try and get down more often but it made me realize that you know what it's not um it's not such a, a magnitude better than the trails around me that mm-hmm. I need to wait till I can go to Glentress. I need to get out on my local natural trails a lot more. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to get a I'm, Yeah, basically it's it sort of helped me sort of stop lamenting the fact that I, uh, I live so far away from it now and just get out to... I mean, I've got trails up in Forfar. I've got Perth close by. I've got um, Dunkeld as well. So there's a bunch of trails quite close by. None mm-hmm. of them as amazing, as long, as, you know, as, as sculpted as Glentress, but still great. So it was, it was an interesting visit from a, a couple of points of view, I thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, what's your, like, what do you prefer these days? Are you much more of a natural trail guy or is it like proper trail center stuff? What do you enjoy? I think if I'm being perfectly honest and, uh, a kind of hardcore mountain bike would typically always lean towards what liking natural trails, yeah. um, you know, but there's definitely something to be said for the fun element and, um, and that kind of thing of, of trail centers. And I've got yeah. to say, I think I prefer, prefer those kind of man-made trails that are very, um, built, you know, obviously built specifically for that purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. um, to be honest, one of my favorite trails that I've, that I've ridden and raced was the, the Hadley farm, um, London 2012, um, course okay. the, the cross country course that's um that's down there that's just that's obviously all man-made it was just a, a kind of hillside in essex before yeah. they did anything with it but yeah yeah now that they've put in all these these concentrated features and um and and just very man-made stuff it's just the most fun trail to uh to 
to go around yeah, and yeah. uh I've got a few few around me with Dolby Forest and um, Gisburn, which I've mentioned in the past, yeah, and yeah. I do I do really like the uh, the man made trails. But I know yeah. what you mean in terms of when you haven't been to somewhere, you've got this rose tinted vision of what <laughs> it was like, and everywhere was perfect. And yeah. you, you go back and you realise that there are stretches of fire road that are really boring, yeah, and um, exactly, and that that some of the natural features that you find on on the trails that are often closer to you are sometimes as fun as some of those man-made ones as well yeah yeah well the, i mean one of the troubles with glentress as well is that it's so popular that it is it is a great setup but it's so popular that it wears down quick and there's quite a few sections yeah. that are actually really showing their age they're they're like they're as if they're natural now because they've got so many ruts and mm-hmm. rocks and roots and everything that have just because the the man-made surface is broken down so much yeah exactly so it's, uh, yeah i mean it, it makes it it's more fun in a different way it's well it's fun in a different way than the sort of smooth surface the sort of fast flowing stuff but yeah yeah it's good i'm glad i got down just for just to put it in perspective and uh, help me in enjoy my local trails a bit more <laughs> yeah exactly i guess that's maybe a, a good thing where you've got that you end up having that blend of natural and man-made stuff where it wears down because i know that's that's definitely definitely something you experience at gisburn which i just yeah. mentioned you know you look back on google images at what these trails were like when they first launched and then you yeah. go there and then nothing like it everything's <laughs> washed washed away and there's yes. lots of sort of uh, bedrock exposed and that kind of thing so it ends up being a lot rougher than you might expect disappeared yeah cool okay that's interesting all right let's move on to uh the listener segment so i've got a couple of things i want to cover here we've got one listener question from kevin scott who's actually been on the show before kevin's a, a great loyal listener been around for a while um i've got another thing from him and uh, some listener feedback as well actually this is a follow-up to a question we answered a while back um so it's not a question as such but it's some feedback on the answer we gave and what he did with it so i'll jump into that one first actually so this is a question we got a while back by uh, from larry ashley and he was remember we uh, answered one around uh, the less common brands so looking at bikes that are you know less well known you know underrated bikes from the you know yeah. not the standard specialized or trek or whatever but looking at brands that are a bit less known a bit less common but still really good quality uh, so this is what larry wrote um I wrote earlier about wanting to buy a mountain bike that was less common name brand. I heard you read read my email. Pretty cool hearing my name on a podcast. Uh, that's good, Larry. I, uh, I'm glad we are uh, perceivably uh, famous enough that you enjoy that. But this yeah. <laughs> always welcome to uh, get yourself read out. Hopefully this is cool again. Uh, I looked for some of the brands you suggested. Nothing near me, but I did find some cool bikes. I also struggled with hardtail or full suspension. Knowing a hardtail was lighter and less maintenance overall... Um, but seeing all the sweet full, bo- uh, full bounce rides out there tempted me like crazy. Uh, so after cruising the online ads and the Facebook pages, he settled on 2012 BMC TE01. So it's an all-carbon, lightweight, tubeless XTR and SRAM mix. Uh, I could not be happier. Nimble and quick, this bike is fun to ride. I've never seen a BMC mountain bike before, only the road bikes. And the previous owner told me it's a Swiss company that started out making mountain bikes first, but the road ma- uh, the road bike market took off here in the US. So I was in the US. Thanks, guys, for the help, Aladdy. Uh, so that's great it's great to hear uh, what people do with the advice we give them as well um so i don't think we mentioned bmc obviously on that podcast have you come across bmc bikes tom 
I have, yeah. I, mean, I was just trying to think whether we mentioned them or not. I mean, they've got one of the biggest uh, cross-country mountain bike race teams um, on the circuit, on really? the on okay. the cross-country circuit. Sure. They've got uh, Julian Absalon, who's the um, you know Olympic champion from Athens and Beijing, uh, who rides for them. So, in in the racing side of things, they're actually quite a well-known well-known brand, but maybe not so much in the not so much in the consumer market, but. Um, yeah, great bike, and I think that uh, Larry's made a good choice there by the sounds of it. Excellent, yeah. So that's just for anyone to catch it. He's, uh, it was a 2012 BMC TE01 that he came up with. Sounds like a good bike, all carbon, XTR. Um, yeah, lightweight and tubeless as well, so that's cool. Okay, glad to help, Larry. Uh, always glad to help. If any other follow-up questions, obviously just send them in. Uh, let's do the listener question. So like I said, this is from Kevin Scott. Really quick and simple one. Kevin says, single speed bikes, ever a good thing? Go. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I've had that much experience with single speed bikes. I would always go for gears just because uh that that suits my my riding my riding style and just gives me those uh just just those options keeps the options open for for doing any kind of riding i my initial thought is that kind of like twitter where you bear with me um where you're sort of character limited you know you've got a limited amount of uh options a limited amount of characters to actually do something with maybe in that kind of way that having a very just just that one gear um kind of makes you a bit more uh i don't know you you might look at routes in a different way you might pick um to go to places that you might not have done before and it gives you a different sort of sensation when you're riding um like i say i haven't had that much experience i yeah. think you've had a single speed before have you colin no no not at all no yeah, um okay. maybe i've pretended i had to look more manly <laughs> yeah. in the past but uh, no i i think it's i I, br- I put it on because i think it's a it's a funny debate i think in terms of why do people use single speed bikes i think it's a uh, it's it's a it's a kind of a well I, I'm gonna we're gonna get flamed for this I'm sure but I feel like it's a total it's an ego thing isn't it it's been able to show off that you can ride a single speed bike <laughs> yeah. around a mountain bike trail <laughs> I can't think of any other reason simplicity do you know what that's the one sort of genuine reason yeah. I think is that I I've talked recently about I've downgraded to a single ring in the front and a living speed in the back and a big motivation for me around that was simplicity it was cutting down the complication of the bike the simpler mm-hmm. my machine the less that can go wrong the less that you have to maintain so you're cutting out a whole gear shifter you're cutting out the uh, the derailleur as well um, so single speed obviously is as simple as it gets so you've got no shifters, no derailers, uh, cutting down weight, but obviously you have to be able to handle ups and downs with the same gear. So, yeah. um, but I, th- I feel sometimes like, and by all means, I would love to hear from. Do you know what we need? We need a single speed uh, fanatic out there. If you're out there listening, you're a single speed guy uh, or girl, obviously. Um, write in and let us know why you write them, what you think the benefits are. What um, be great to get a voice clip, record just a couple of minutes of just talking about it. Let us know your answer to this. Single speed bikes ever a good thing? But for me, some of the people that I've met that do ride single speeds, it's so that. Because they they want you to come up to them and go, oh, single speed bike, you're here. Uh, you must have strong legs, and they just stand there going, yeah, I do. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so, and, and I know I'm going to get abused for that, but that's kind of, uh, and I know that's not the only reason, but I've definitely met people like that. So, 
Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe best to stop talking. Uh, but do you know what the single speed in terms of full single speed? Um, no, but I definitely recommend single front speed, front gear. That's not even the right way to say it. But you know, a single front ring because just simplifying that much, but still having eleven gears in the back has definitely um, helped me in terms of just your technique you have to think a bit more about your gears but it makes you more efficient with it it's lighter it's simpler all that kind of stuff so i do i definitely like that setup all righty anything else on that tom hold on no, uh, I, 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 <laughs> i'd completely agree with the uh the single chain ring at the front it's um yeah. the you can see now with the trends of uh mountain bike component manufacturers that they're just putting the gear range at the back you know making enormous cassettes and um and just keeping things simple with that one chain ring at the front because they've done a really good job now of yeah. creating rings that hold the chain on and you know the chain doesn't just bounce off at every kind of rough section yeah. so um yeah. there's a lot to be said for for not having uh, that kind of heavy load front shifting where uh, that's kind of the area that is most likely to, to fail and go wrong. So yeah. I've, uh, I've been on the single chain ring at the front for quite a, quite a while now. And uh, yeah, I really like it as well. Cool. Okay. So let's tie the episode up then. This has been episode five of season three. So you can find the show notes. If you want to check in on anything we've mentioned here, um, we'll be writing a post up on mentioning the, um, the places Tom was away on training, uh, those South African locations. I have no idea what you were talking about. The names there. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom will put, uh, put them I'll in the post you. as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll put a link into that dropper post as well that Tom was talking about. Uh, and, uh, we'll also, put in a, a couple of yeah summary of the feedback and stuff that i've read out too so if you want to follow up on anything that we've talked about here on the episode go to mountainbikesapart.com forward slash 305 um, and you've probably figured out by now but you can always find previous episodes based on the number and the season so season one would be 101 102 season two would be 201 202 depending on the episode so that means this is episode five, series three, three zero five. Um, just tie it up. As always, we want questions, we want feedback, we want to know what you think. Let us know what you think of the format we're following just now. Do you like this kind of variety show? Trying to try to just cover a few different things in every episode, get some questions in, cover the kit, what we're doing as well. Uh, or do you like the uh, the sort of more structured uh, cover a topic in depth? format that we followed in the last season last season was all about how you uh, customize your bike how you fit your bike to yourself how you really make it suit you and get the best out of your bike so let me know what you think on that you can always email in colin at mountainbikesapart.com tweet me at the podcast host no spaces on twitter facebook it's uh, facebook.com forward slash mountain bikes apart for the mountain bikes apart facebook page uh, and tom you are on twitter yeah, by Tom Bell. So B Y T O M B E double L, and it's the same on Facebook as well. Actually, I've got a Facebook page that's uh, just facebook.com slash by Tom Bell. Perfect. And you revealed last year, a uh, last time on last episode, that you're doing YouTube too. What's your YouTube channel? Yeah, so that's uh, youtube.com slash C slash Tom Bell athlete. Excellent. Good stuff. Okay. Well, thanks for spending time with us. Good to talk to you again, Tom, as well. Yeah, great, Colin. Uh, Look forward to speaking to you on the next one. Excellent. Okay, thank you and talk to you next time.